Hello. May I welcome you to episode 11 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. This is a continuation of episode 10, where I was given the absolute pleasure to record with the BAR Young Movers Group Council. I am sure you will agree that they have an amazing appetite for the moving industry, and long may they drive the industry forward with their beliefs. I dare you not to laugh out loud at some of the moving stories told. Enjoy. What one thing would you change within the moving industry as a whole? Michael, I'm going to come back to you first. Probably the outside perspective. Probably the way other industries, you say, would look at the moving trade. I feel that especially the guys out in the road don't get enough credit. As in, I I personally feel it's it's a skilled trade. You know, you've got the likes of your plumbers, your bricklayers, joiners, you know, who, who are very good, very qualified. But not just anybody can walk off the street and pack a truck or walk off the street and, and export pack your house, get it fully prepared for a deep sea move to Australia. So so probably the way that others from outside the industry would, would see it or would view it. So it comes back to that general perception again, which seems yeah. to be a popular answer to this question amongst my podcast guests. Mairead? I would probably say to do with exchange and completions. I don't know if he's going to be a dig at solicitors. However, no, dig, dig at them. Go yeah. on, dig. <laughs> However, I mean, at the moment, I mean, we're not keen on them anyway, but at the moment, they're just, they're not helping us at all. But I mean, with there's always delays with completion nothing ever seems to be simple some paper hasn't been signed which which should have been signed it's not thoroughly checked and it's like everything all falls back down on us our guys waiting there for hours extra money charged so i would say uh, to try and reduce maybe give more time in between exchange and completion and on the completion date more be more thorough with everything and, and make sure things go through without any delays because that really does mess you up Tommy? Yeah, very similar to, to Mairead. I actually had a, a crew get keys at 5 to 5 last night, subsequently meaning they didn't get back until 10pm and they were really stretching on their working time directive and working hours. And I just think that we are always the second thought uh, in regard to solicitors, in regard to banks, in regard to borrowing money. And no, but the moves can't take place without us, without our highly skilled and trained men, without our pantechnicon trucks. The moves simply cannot take place. So the banks and solicitors can do all of their hard work, but people don't move without us. And I always feel that we're an afterthought and we really should be brought to the table for the discussion on completion times, dates, transfer of funds far more, far quicker than we are. Because, you know, I've got crews out to 10pm, I'm sure you have, and it can easily be avoided from what I see and what I hear. And it's just about being brought to the table earlier and and opening up the conversation to be had with everyone who's round the table. Alex? A a couple of things, but mostly just mirroring what my colleagues have said before. I know I was listening to Ian Studd's podcast you did yet last night, and he said about this race-to-the-bottom attitude with costing and that we shouldn't all just be costing and thinking about everything as just a price and when people phone up and say, can you match that, can you match that? You need to think about the service you're offering, not just going, oh, actually, they got it as that, I'll knock X amount off. Uh, not saying we do, but I'm just, it's this sort of mentality, isn't it? Um, and the customers phone up going, well, I can get this, that, and the other for that much. The other thing is just what Mairead and Tommy were saying really about exchange and completion dates is that it just seems to be so chaotic sometimes I know when I bought a house in August my partner and I bought a house I got an email on the Tuesday saying oh you've exchanged your completion date is Friday the 28th of August get your remover in book your removals and I was like it's good I'm not moving in yet because if I tried to book a removal company three days before on the last Friday of August 
I don't think I'll get very far. So many people are in that situation and they have to move out of their house and move into their new one. And it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Why is it so chaotic? There must be an easier way to do it. I don't have an easier way myself, but um, <laughs> surely someone can think of one much cleverer than me. Educate the solicitors more. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're having a proper thing at solicitors today. Keep going. Keep I am. <laughs> I'm impressed that Tommy thinks the industry was an afterthought. <laughs> Calvin, we haven't got together and discussed all of this beforehand. You know, we've we've not all kind of said and agreed that let's all say this and we'll all say the same thing. But very much again, it, it, I very much echo which you know what my colleagues are saying. Really, it's clearly a. A problem across the industry because everybody seems to be mentioning the same things um mine as a whole really is the professionalism to be shown outside to the to the wider public less squabbling between us you know that that's something which i see and i just pity you know all of the efforts focused on you know mudslinging between us could be spent so much better trying to improve everybody's own service what they offer and to get that across to the customers. But again, I kind of try to avoid that as best as I can and don't get caught up in it. And I just try and focus all of my efforts and our efforts on projecting and and making sure that we offer a professional service. And that's kind of where we are, which very much kind of ties in with uh, also something that was mentioned was making sure that we charge correctly, understanding your costs and not being a race to the bottom on rates not accepting, you know, when they come back to you and say, can you match this? Okay, I can match this if I've still got that X margin, which I need. However, if I fall under that at all, no. It, it, do you know what I mean? It, it, there's there's other work out there. We can put our, our vehicles, our men to use it elsewhere. You know, it, it's I'm not interested in a race to the bottom, which I seem to see around me and I seem to hear a lot about kind of thing, as much as I try and put my blinkers on and avoid all of that. So. They're kind of the two, you know, making sure you charge correctly and to kind of let's kind of try and elevate the, the the public image and perception of removals as a whole are kind of the two issues I would like to change. Kieran? I've, I've listened to all your podcasts, Colin, and uh, there seems to be a common theme of... I have a fan. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who I nodded off to was Greg. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, there seems to be a common theme of customer perception, underselling ourselves, and regulation. I'd like to see some form of regulation, and I don't know whether it could just be a little mini oil license, a transport manager where for three and a half ton sort of people, man, you know, a man in a van. You know, record proper working time, proper driving hours, produce maintenance records, and that should force the cost and the prices up. Not just having a pop at them. I, I know large companies out there lowballing things too, but it is generally that kind of man in the van that does does seem to to to, to lower it down really. So yeah, I do think it's crying out for for regulation. I mean, you've got with all this COVID thing now. I know it's sad with these event companies and shop fitters and stuff, but they they're just it's staggering that they can just carry out removals uh, and that they're able to do that because there's nothing nothing in place to stop them really. Could not agree more. Dan, over to you. Another hard one, Colin. I've, I've thought about this one for quite quite a while, and lots of things have come up. But I think the main ones for me is. I would like customers or, or the general public to have a, a better understanding of our industry, to have a better understanding of how professional it is, what, what's actually involved. You know, we might be the final process in a very big process, you know, but we're probably one of the most important ones. Let's all be honest, by the time the customer gets to, to us, they've already been stressed out quite a bit. They've already had, you know, many emails hundreds of emails hundreds of phone calls so i think people don't really give us enough credit for for what we do as an industry so recognize it you know people to recognize what we do would be a big one for me and i think what i would like is regardless of association var non-var small company big company 
operating small vans, big vans, whatever it may be, is everyone just to try and work together a bit more? Now, I know the industry is, is very good already at this, but I think there's lots of challenges that we will face going forward, whether it be, you know, COVID, Brexit, technology, recruitment, whatever it may be, all these things that I think are on the horizon. I think if we could all just understand a bit more that we all do the same thing, how we do it, it, it may be different. What we charge to do it may be different. But in essence, what we do is the same. So I think if if we could work on that a bit more, I, th I think that would be one of the things that I'd like to see is, is just regardless of who you work for, what, you know, how the company do it, it's just everyone kind of try and work together. And I think just going back to the individual membership, this is really what we're trying to do is if I hadn't joined, if looking back at before I come to GP Liners, I'm, I'm now part of the Young Movers. I'm now very, I'm lucky enough to sit on the board at the BAR. And I'm sure there's many other people out there that, that could, that have, that can do that, but possibly feel like not being a member or working for a company that's a BAR member is, is stopping them. And that's what this individual membership really is about is it, it is to say it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're passionate about what we do, then, then that's, that's what we need. Couldn't agree more. You are all still young movers, but what advice would you give to a young mover just starting in the moving industry, apart from joining the BAR Young Movers Group, that is? My advice would be quite simple. Show, show initiative. I, I think there's, there's so much room for development in this industry. You know, you take your average job, for example, where there's your staff members, assistant manager, and then manager, and that's you know, the odd one you can throw in a team leader or something, but there's there's so much room for progression in this industry, whether you start as a porter, you go to a van driver, you go to a warehouse assistant manager, you go to warehouse management, you could be a surveyor. You know, you don't always have to be stepping up. You could be stepping to the side, you know, to get a wee bit of experience to make that next step up. So, so my advice would be just show that initial bit of initiative, you know, if there's nothing being done, pick up the brush. Make yourself look like you're you're interested, and and don't be standing with your hands in your pockets waiting to be told what to do, because there, there's so many people that do it and they're content doing that. That that wasn't me. I I was never ever going to be content to do that. So the advice I would give is just put yourself out there if you want to climb. There's so many opportunities within this industry to do so, and I, I would just be saying, just go for it. You are so right. You are absolutely bang on. Mairead? I would echo what Michael said with about throwing yourself in there. This industry is really underestimated at times. I mean, there's so many opportunities that are there for people that are young, whether it's in the office or out on the road. If, even if you're out on the road, the development that you can have from a porter to a driver, to the transport manager, being in the office, to then running the company and the support you have is great. But I know obviously the Young Movers is there, but I would also take the opportunity to get involved with the Young Movers because we're all here together. There's loads of us that are young in the industry. We all need to support each other. You can talk to people, um, relate to other people of how you're feeling. And just really have a good time. But it's a really good support network getting involved with the Young Movers. I know I have to promote it, but you please get involved with the Young Movers because just as a support group, you need it. And tapping into that knowledge as well, because you're yeah. all working for your, yeah, well, not all of you, but most of you are working for your family companies. So it's knowledge that's being handed down. It's in the genes. Exactly. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback on, on the back of Marie's comment, my advice is, is always to network. You know, we've heard kind of Marie and Calvin both almost been thrown in at the deep end, which probably in one way shaped their career because I always believe that you either sink or you swim. And if you can get there and you can swim and you can meet people, you have the confidence or at least some inner belief to, to go and speak to people, to get varying opinions on, you know, whether it's Brexit or, 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 you know, whether it's, as Calvin has said earlier, trade assistance down in the deepest, darkest kind of south, 
the networking is, is invaluable. The friendships that you can make with people who will be beside you throughout maybe 30, 40, 50 years of a career in this industry cannot be underestimated. The networking and, and the friendships that I've made that have brought guardian business contract wins who have helped me make business decisions, uh, whether it's with, with our operative crew, whether it's in business, whether it's on procurement. And there's always someone you can lean on, you know, from the very top of, you know, Director General Ian Studd down to, you know, my fellow council members and, and the chairman. They're only a phone call away. And I just believe network, get yourself out there, get yourself known, make friendships, make bonds. And I would give that advice to anyone listening, uh, anyone who's sitting on the fence or considering it is, is get in touch with Kieran, get in touch with the BAR and just network, network, network and never stop. Absolutely agree with that one as well. Alex? I think mine is really to don't be afraid to ask questions. I've learned that it's, it's not a weakness to phone someone up and go, how do you think I should price this? And how do you think really that should be done? And I think before sort of being young, you... Well, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I, uh, I want to know all the answers. I think, I think I did say this earlier, don't be afraid to ask people. I know during lockdown, um, I think Calvin messaged me for a rate for something, and I found myself in lockdown uh, doing more than, well, obviously doing more because the rest of my colleagues were on furlough and having to answer questions I didn't necessarily know the answers to. Um, so I was like, people were emailing, usually corporate stuff. I hadn't done a lot of corporate stuff, but now I find it a lot easier because I've had a little bit more experience with that because I phoned my cousin Matt and said, how do I do that? Or I spoke to Dad and said, how do you think I should price this? And, and all those sort of things. But um, it's not a weakness to ask for help. Absolutely not. And you were thrown into those situations then because people were on furlough. So Yeah, I no, no well, I get asked other than Dad and things like that, but I had no one other to ask. So I was just sat there on my computer on my dining room table going, right, well, I've got to do it then. <laughs> Calvin? You know what I was saying about, I promise you that we didn't all get together and discuss our answers before this. On my paper, I have got written down, put yourself out there, become a BAR young mover, we're a friendly bunch, ask for help. So that is kind of every element from everybody there is kind of sums it up. But just to kind of touch on the elaborate, it's look, a young mover now coming through the generation, the millennial, the, the you know, what you're coming through. That I've noticed very much there's a shift in balance. It's, look, work versus life. What do you want? Ask yourself what you want. If you want life, you need to expect that. Do you know what I mean? It's You're not going to have everything that comes from the work side and to put yourself through it. But if you want uh, to progress, you want to do well, then just absolutely just put yourself out there, volunteer, and try and do as much as you can. To, to give some advice to somebody who's in an office, Learn your desk, but try and learn everybody else's desk too. Have your ears open. Hot desk. If you, the more desks you know, the more valuable you are to a company. The same when you're a porter, when you're out on the road. Go above and beyond to make that customer mention your name and say that you're a great porter. Oh, George was great. George was fantastic. George did this. George couldn't, couldn't have done enough for me. You know, be civil, be respectful to, you know, it, it's not an easy job operations when you've got people calling in sick left, right and centre kind of thing. And, you know, try and be aware and just try and be conscientious. They're all things that I promise you are seen and recognised. And, you know, you do that for long enough, you start to get some power. You know, I mean, there is definitely a career and there is definitely advancement available for you for, for all aspects of the business. Um, just put yourself out there and put yourself in a strong position to, to be considered for it, is what I would advise. Karen, Yeah, well well said, everyone there, really, and especially Mairead as well and the young movers. Um, I know we're, we're here to, to promote it, and that's the point of it. But, yeah, get involved with us. Um, I, I don't think you'll regret it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like we said, you know, a friendly bunch and offers, offers um, a great networking opportunity for, for those that do get involved. And the only the only other thing I had really was uh, to to keep training, throw yourself into training. You know, we've as a company and me have done more training in the last five years than we ever did. In fact, I don't think we ever did any training other than just on the vans. Um, that's probably mainly due to joining the BAR. But like I said, it has improved us. But yeah, just you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes or go on your own or go for that promotion because um, yeah, it's um, it's a great industry. That's a great point, that, Kieran, on training there. Great point. Thank you. Dan? 
I suppose just going back to what we've touched on a little bit, get get a very good understanding of of what we do to start with, understand what the crews go through, understand what the estimators go through, understand what the admin teams go through, understand what management directors go through. Just get a real understanding. Now, this goes back to training a little bit as well, doesn't it? That this is why I think this training is so crucial because if we don't get this right, we're very lucky at the minute that we have some very knowledgeable people that have been in the industry a, a long, long time. Now, for want of a better word, if we don't extract that information from them for the for the younger movers, then then it would it would just be lost. And I think at the moment it, it's a key time to do this because we've got technology rapidly changing the industry whether it's because of covid and video surveys and now you know i know they've been around for a while but they're, they're taking off now aren't they because of what what we find ourselves dealing with and that's what again the young movers group is all about is trying to blend the two so that the young movers can hear from the experienced movers and things like that so what advice would you give to a young mover definitely get involved in the young movers group don't be afraid to to kind of put your hand up and say, do you know what? Regardless of what you do, you could be a a, a packer, a porter, a foreman, or you could be doing the admin or whatever it may be. Don't be afraid to put your hand up and say, do you know what? I'd like to have a go at that because if I hadn't put my hand up and said to Mr. Bartik, I'd like to have a go at that estimate in Malarkey. That looks that looks okay. Then then I wouldn't be where I am today. So um, yeah, I think that's the main thing is is surround yourself with the people that have the knowledge and and really that I'd say that's it really yeah and get involved in the young movers group because that that's that's one way of doing it pretty quickly getting to know all the different roles within a company is very important and not many of the guys actually on the on the front line as such know what goes on in the office and many people in the office don't know what goes on on removals one of the things I do in my company whenever I take on new staff is within the first couple of days, we literally go to one of my local companies, my local clients, and they spend an hour or two with that client and they get a full tour of the office, the warehouse, the trucks, you know, they get to see the containers, the forklift. I need them to know what this industry is all about. And, and I think that's what needs to happen within every company as well. Yeah, 100%. I think if, if people can, can get that understanding, well, as, you, as you've just said, Colin, it's, it's a massive help, isn't it? I think it helps you solve the problems that come up. I think there's that. It cuts down the barriers of possibly the, the them and us. There's none of that. That all goes out the window. It's just one team. Regardless of where you sit in that team, the end goal is the same. And I think that would be my one thing for people starting out in the industry. Is don't, don't just concentrate on, on one, one area. Try and get an understanding of, of everything we do. So where do you guys see yourself and the moving industry in five years? Michael, where do you see yourself in the industry in five years? Do you, do you see the industry changing at all? Myself, that's probably a, a question for our directors. Uh, so leave that up to them. The, the industry, I can, see it, I can see it changing, but it all depends on who's driving it. And I think we do have a lot of good people that are driving the industry in the right direction. But we can't just rest on that. Like I said earlier, I believe it is a skilled trade. I believe that people should respect it. You can't just walk off the street and do it. But we need to make other people outside the industry believe that. And that's where we come in, being the younger sort of generation for, for us to drive that forward. I know that us as a council, we all feel strongly about that. And we will continue to drive that forward. And really, obviously, technology is going to play a big, a big part in it as well. I'm sure some will touch on that. But for me, it's just, it's just driving the industry forward and making sure everyone within it gets the, the respect that they deserve. Mairead, where do you see yourself in the industry in five years? Had you had asked me this question last year, I think my answer would be completely different purely because of covid and everything and mainly where we're based and we operate in central london 
everyone's moving out of the cities and going to the countryside. Everyone's not buying flats. They, they want to buy their family homes, their forever homes, homes with spaces. So I think for us, where we are, we're on the cusp of Surrey. So we've got Kent and Middlesex and stuff that's fine. But I think for central London and cities, it's going to slow down and people are going to really struggle to get, be busy with removals because people aren't wanting to live in the cities. They're going to be more in the countryside and people aren't going to want to move because they're now moving at this time to be in somewhere where they're going to be because they're working from home. So I think it will slow down in that aspect. So, yeah, I don't know how it's all going to be from now in the next couple of years off of the back of this. Where do you see yourself in five years? Obviously, Myself. you won't, you well, won't it be taken depends. over because you still got Grandma Brenda in the company. So yes. she's not going anywhere yes. just yet. <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm not sure whether Stuart would be that eager to ha- hand over the reins in five years' time. But obviously, I just see myself progressing. I maybe see myself doing a full-time surveyor's role and being out on the road. Because I say, everything I do in the office now, I've, I've got my hand in everything. and I don't think I could progress so much in the office because I do a bit of everything. I can't really go any higher unless it's sort of a managerial role. Um, so maybe I see myself on the road being a surveyor because I said, I know I've got a one surveyor that's due to retire soon. So maybe I'll be doing that. Cool. Tommy. In regards to myself, um, I, I've made it known to, to the Board of Directors at Guardian that, that I would like to be considered for a, a director's role or perhaps even buying into the company um, from a personal point of view is, is something that I'm, I can work on vision boards and, and in five years spells and within five years I would like to make that happen personally. In regard to the industry, I would like somewhere to be involved um, as a, a form of voice for the industry across, but out with our industry. So not within BER, not within any of the kind of other kind of smaller groups that seem to pop up, but, you know, maybe out in a, in a broader networking uh, environment and just really promoting the industry for what it is, promoting the BER, promoting standards. Uh, I do agree with Kieran's point that some form of regulation has to come somewhere to allow us to uphold those standards industry-wide. You know, if you think of a, a plumber or a gas engineer, they have to be gas-safe registered, regardless of what they do. Not all removal companies have to even be registered. They don't even have to appear on companies' house. So for some form of regulation in the next five years, I'd be hopeful for. Whether that happens or not, or can happen, I think is, is a really prominent debate. I like all aspects of the debate, but that would be my hope and that would be my drive to help push towards the industry some form of standardised regulation from the very bottom all the way to the very top. Alex? Myself, I don't see much of a change with, with what I'm doing personally. Um, I'm, I'm only 22, so I'd imagine it, my role will just grow or I'll just become better at it. With regards to our office, we have also quite a young team here. So my colleagues at Will's part-time, he's 20, uh, Joel, um, it's sort of our, our main admin guy, he's 23. So I think we will just, I would hope anyway, they would like to stick around. We will probably just sort of grow as a team together. The industry, I'm really not sure in short. Honestly, don't know. Because I thought with regards to like video surveys and that sort of thing, I think everyone's adapted now to doing quite a lot of those. I know that, that sort of we try and just do two days a week out on the road and then three days a week on videos. But you're still not going to be able to do that in the cob houses around Devon and your, your fat chocolate boxes and all those sort of things and your houses with your barns that you need to put your wellies on to walk around. So I can't, it's not going to go all virtual. But yeah, I can't see, can't see a huge difference because I think Ian Studd has often says before that the fundamental part of a move of sending some personnel with a lorry to move your stuff, there's no magic wand that makes that happen any different so I can't say it changing drastically. Calvin where do you see yourself in five years time? My role within BAR in five years time I believe doing the math because we've lined up now Murray's going to take over as chairman of the Young Movers and then I'm in line for vice chairman so five years time I think should roughly put us at the period where my tenure is up as chairman of the BAR Young Movers. And with that, basically what I 
would like is to have seen the growth and and you know the structure that is we've set and what we've developed and what we've worked so hard on over the last few years i would love you know a, a big and it will be a great pleasure and a kind of a, of myself you know if i could look let's skip slightly past five years but if i said 20 years i was still in the business i'd love to see the bar young movers is still going it's still a fundamental part of bar that was mine daniel's kieran's when we all came together and set this up that was the goal for this to move forward so five years i'd like to see myself having done my part being there as past chairman to assist new people new interest and seeing that bar young movers are still going Absolutely. That is a, a goal of mine for the five-year period. Uh, within the company itself, yeah, we, we, you know, more and more responsibility is going to come my way. I already, and I've not, this is a, a kind of, you can almost go back and say this is a, a bit of a fault, a bit of a problem of mine. I've always been a bit nosy. I always like to have my finger in every part and understand every part of the business, what's going on. So, yeah, that will develop and I will understand and get more parts of, you know, and just understand more of how the business runs and, yeah, on that side. With regards to where I see the industry, I'm sure you can pick up. Our, our company specialises very much in international movers. Uh, Domestic-wise, we will quote it, but we do not advertise for it. We do not push for it. Even though we've now got a few uh, branches that we've opened up, some of them in very affluent domestic moving areas so you know that's a, that's a certainly somewhere where we can explore so you know within five years that's something i'll look at but how i see the industry changing in this time with the work we do the corporate shipments are getting smaller international people are moving less these are things to be aware of so as much as we just do removals and that's where we are where i want to see where the industry is in five years from an international kind of side it's still going to be there. People, of course, are still going to move. Corporates, however, with COVID, etc., this has been the, the world's greatest experiment for work from home. Do corporates now need to see send somebody to be in this place, to be in that place, to be in this place? No, they don't, is the answer. So that very much is something to be aware of on that side of the business. So maybe now's time, if not ever, over the next couple of years, certainly to start to maybe possibly diversify. There's lots of lot of avenues we can we can all look to achieve. You know, we've all got qualified men to handle goods. We've all got vehicles, removals. You know, there's other there's other parts of you know other avenues we can explore. Karen, uh, yeah, myself and the business. Uh, we're we're in the process of uh, buying our, our warehouse um, at this moment in time should complete by the end of the year and and that's a big commitment um hopefully put us in good stead in, in years to come so i think i think just survival and coming through this pandemic would be a goal in itself to be honest the industry i'm not too sure the covid situation will make it tough it's um it is resilient uh it's proved it can come through tough recessions but I think this is somewhat different altogether. I, th- I think we'll be all right, but I just think it'll be a bit of a roller coaster. So yeah, I'm not too sure on on the industry, to be honest. Dan, where do you see yourself in the industry? <laughs> Why? Where do I see myself? I'd like to still be a part of of, of GB Liners. I'm not just saying it. I. I'm sure there's many other good companies out there, and, and I and I don't doubt that. But I I love working for for GB Liners. The the feeling that we have here, everyone helps each other. You know, the real family sort of feel that we have here. Everyone in the company is proud to work for the business. The reputation that the business has. So I would like to continue to be part of driving that forward, maintaining the reputation because. I'm I'm fully aware that it it's hard to get the reputation. It's probably even harder to keep it and maintain it. So I'd like to be a big part of that. I'd like to continue my involvement with the BAR and and where that can go. Obviously, I'm currently directly elected director, and COVID is, has made that one uh, probably feel a, a little bit different at the moment because it's very. I, I enjoy going to the area meetings, and and the Zoom ones are great. Obviously, you don't get the sense of uh, you don't get the carvery touching your lips on Zoom, but <laughs> it's it's still good to see everyone. 
So that's made my role as DED feel slightly different. And it'd be nice if we can get back to possibly what we were before. Once my time as DED ends, I, I, I don't know where, where it goes from there, but I will definitely try my best to, to stay involved with the BAR. And, and yeah, so I, I, I think that's the main thing is, is, is my, I'm concentrating on, on the business as, as GB Linus and, and continue to do what we do here and continue to be involved with the BAR. Sadly, in May next year, I, I stepped down from the young movers, but the, the guys will tell you I'm, I'm more than happy to, to be at the meetings and, and things like that. And, and I'm on the end of the phone if needed, because we do see it as, as our baby. I remember the first meeting when we sat around the table in Watford and the RBA had a meeting and the board of directors had a meeting the same day. So we got the kitchen on the, the first floor. And we all sat around this round table in the kitchen. And looking back now, I wouldn't have said we would have been where we are now. We're now a council. We have over, you know, well, in the numbers, you know, we, we always sell out the, the, the spaces that we have at our events and things like that. And we're now on a diff, slightly different path where we're now trying to help mould the industry going forward with the young movers. Because let's be honest, the people that come through the young movers are possibly going to be the people that go on to, to run businesses or their own businesses or whatever it may be. So that that's a big, big part of what the next next couple of years is 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 continue to watch the young movers and continue to to keep it on 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 the track it's on. So yeah, that's that's it really. Hard question, Colin. I'm not gonna lie, that was <laughs> that's that's a tough one. And and one, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where I see myself. But at the minute, I'm very happy with where I am. I'm very happy with what we're doing, and I and I definitely will be in this industry for for, for many 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 more years. I tell my wife, I don't know how to do anything else. So whether I like it or not, I'm here. <laughs> love it, so. love it. And finally, I like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one to tell? And hopefully, we have seven. (laughs) A minimum of seven. So let's go round the table. Michael, do you have a funny moving story to tell? No really funny ones that wouldn't seriously incriminate anybody. But I do have one. (laughs) Whenever I was in the vans, probably seven, eight years ago, we moved Rory McElroy from a house in, in Hollywood where he sort of grew up um, out to a slightly bigger, much bigger <laughs> uh, house in a place called Money Ray in County Down. I, I myself, I'm a massive golf fan. So like Calvin said, early my weekend was spent. I had Friday booked off. I had Monday booked off. My weekend was spent watching the Masters. I seen every ball that was hit and had a few drinks as well, which was great. So we were we were moving Rory McIlroy and um, was taking all the stuff out and we're loading the van and that that's fine and got to this room and there were probably I would say 15, 16 hanging wardrobe cartons that we had delivered up previously. So you go up there just as you as you would on a normal day, go to lift it, thinking that it's a lot of clothes, and I near broke my back whenever I went to lift this thing. There was a lot of clinking and stuff inside it. So anyway. Moved it on out, loaded it onto the vehicle, came back in, got the next one, exactly the same. So it got till about the sixth or seventh hanging wardrobe box whenever curiosity got the better of me. So the box cutter came out and I had the neck a wee bit of the top of it open. I looked inside it and it was all brand new tightless four irons with the wrapper still on them. So it didn't take a rocket science to work out what was in the other ones. So obviously that was the rest of his clubs. And as a massive golf fan, I'm just sitting going, this is unbelievable. The stuff that this guy has all given to him for free. You know, these boxes and boxes, thousands of pounds worth of golf clubs. On that move, one of my colleagues actually broke his belt. And Roy McElroy's mum said, oh, here, you can you can have one of these. 
brand new Oakley belt because he was sponsored by Oakley at the time. <laughs> you know, just there you are. I was like, what can I break so I can get something for <laughs> <laughs> It's like, my shoe, can I wear one of some of his golf shoes? <laughs> Coincidentally, we actually, we done that move in April and, and Rory McIlroy was out playing the Masters at that time. We finished the move on, it was a Tuesday and we finished it about, it was over two days over the Monday and Tuesday. We finished it about five or so on the, on the second day and his dad, Jerry, had went to pick him up from the airport. He had just flew back in, so we were folding the blankets and, and I knew that the other two guys on the move weren't massive golf fans like I was. But I knew his dad was a way to get him. So it's possibly the slowest you've ever seen anybody <laughs> full black <laughs> in your life. <laughs> try and wait and catch a glimpse of Rory McIlroy coming back to his house. But we did. We got to see him briefly. But as I say, not, not massively funny, but, but a move that I, I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Did you get your photograph taken with him in the end, or were you, were you not that, that lucky? No, no, um, we didn't. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember the, the date, but any, any golf fans will know. I'm near sure it was the year of his ridiculous collapse on, I think it was the 12th tee, whenever he was going into the back nine on the final day, Sunday, with a five-shot lead to win his first ever Masters. So don't think... Although we caught a glimpse of Ward hanging around, they asked him too many questions. I don't think he was in great form. <laughs> Mairead, do you have any funny moving stories? Not really, because I think where I haven't been out on the road or I haven't been in the industry that long, I haven't had as much experience as you would do with the moving. But I've got a couple of stories. We have a corporate building firm that we do moves for that are high-end flats on the River Thames and we had this one particular lady client who requested a lady packer specifically so I had to go and do this job for her it was last year along with a couple of guys to do her packing and she was this this tiny Greek lady really old but really fussy which I had to wear white gloves all the boxes had to be laced with tissue paper I had to individually wrap in tissue paper every item of clothing down to her underwear it took absolute ages and she g- gave me a tip in homemade Greek halimi cheese. <laughs> and I just thought, thanks, honestly. And it, what could have taken a day it took me about three days because she was so pedantic. And I just thought, you've taken up the cheek giving me some halloumi cheese. But um, um, And another one, sort of a bit of a claim to fame. We um, actually saw some bits for Liam Gallagher and he was in, the other year and he'd had a cup of coffee and I remember taking that cup of coffee and holding it going, oh, I've got a bit of his DNA and I was just like keeping this cup and I was like, I'm going to sell it on eBay. But I was too nervous to even talk to him or ask for a photo, but I was just holding this mug with all my mic, keeping hold of his saliva that was on the side of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I've got no stories, unfortunately. Never been nervous, Mairead, never been nervous. Oh, I always take an opportunity. Always. Someone... But someone as big as that, oh, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get my words out. And he's just standing there on the loading bay with his green parker on looking all cash. And I just thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. So, yeah, I kept the mug. Tommy, do you have any funny moving stories? Uh, I don't know how funny it would be. Um, many years ago, we had the contract with Inland Revenue and got some direct size, which subsequently became HMRC. And we moved all of their filing um, all over the country. And, and we had a young apprentice with us at one time. And, you know, we had thousands upon thousands of, of Arctic lorries just moving thousands upon thousands of tea crates all over to huge, big lorry sites, which I can't really say where they are. And we had a young apprentice and we told him to go down south somewhere you needed a passport to, to cross the, the border between Scotland and England. And he subsequently started to panic. I've not got my passport. I've not got my passport. So we told him he would have to hide in one of these LC3 crates and we're going to pass kind of passport and border control. So we had to park up in a lay-by. We took him out of his passenger seat. We put him into a tea crate and we explained to him that we're going to have to cable tie this tea crate because <laughs> someone looked in the back. It had to look like there was filing and it had to be cable tied and numbered and we had to inventory him on these tea crates. <laughs> so we, we put him in this tea crate and we, we pretended to cross the border. We then stopped in at a services and left them for 40 minutes. 
uh, we started kind of shaking the van and just making his life absolute hell for 40 minutes, you know, shouting, where's the passports, where's the passports, and all, and we eventually let him out after an hour to, to almost tears, um, which I thought were funny tears, but he was so against everything. That he generally thought that he was you know, facing jail time. He thought that he was facing, you know, being locked up and, Looking back, it probably wasn't funny, but at the time, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Alex, do you have any funny moving stories? I don't have, really. I haven't been around that long. I've also never been on a move, and I feel like those stories quite often come with, with being out and about. The only funny story I can think of is actually generally just bit of knowledge um how the Britannia lanes came about it was started by my grandparents and they had a sort of a petrol garage in Mitchell in Cornwall and then I think they they had a bit of space they decided to do storage but they didn't want to do moves they just wanted to do storage and and then it got to the point that they realized that no one wanted to move their own stuff <laughs> no one wanted to do that so they had to start doing uh, had to start doing moves but it's quite funny how now, take it on, what was that, 50 years, that now our self-store is, is up and coming and keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, and they wanted to do that 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Comes a full circle. It's a full circle. You know, it's a full circle, yeah. Calvin? Yeah, so, I mean, funny is a challenge. I mean, we've had a few interesting moves where we've, we've had um, – a few interesting stories where we've had drug busts, um, we've had clandestines come back to yard in the back of the vehicle from the Dover Calais crossing, which are all kind of you know. But is that funny? I mean, we've had the case of the the single housewife kind of thing, whilst the the husband's been away on duty for work, and you know, there's two three PBO boxes which have come from the bedroom and they've been laid down outside. And they've, you know, immediately started vibrating once they've been placed down. <laughs> Bless the poor woman to her sheer kind of uh, embarrassment as immediately the guys know exactly what's going on. <laughs> and they make it all the little bit worse. This this came back to me, this is feedback. They made, they made it all the little bit worse by just saying, don't worry, we'll just say it's your toothbrush kind of thing. And, you know, and passing on. <laughs> We've had that, and that's probably where I would go with funny. But yeah, interesting. We we had a lorry come back um, by pure luck, really. It came back uh, from Dover Calais. It was due to go straight onto job for a delivery. Uh, however, we've got mechanics on site, and the lorry came back via our our warehouse just to to have a quick bit of maintenance done to it. And as the driver got out, he heard a bang on the side of the truck. We immediately fenced off the premises, kind of thing called in a border control and before you know it armed guards armed police were here and uh, opened it up and there were seven clandestines in the back so that was a little bit exciting and that's just you can see that from oh our word. office you know we're, we're basically a head office so you know seeing that outside was quite exciting and we also had another shipment which came in overseas which was uh filled with drugs um and basically how it all came about we didn't know this at the time of course just looked like normal household goods we were loading it into into the vehicle for next day delivery and when, when we were loading it on, we accidentally did a bit of damage with a forklift and immediately just a pungent smell of um, marijuana. And we thought, oh, and I mean, very strong. So we, 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 we called the uh, we called the police and basically we called the customer to say, we, we've had a vehicle malfunction. We won't be delivering today as such. You know, we'll, we'll deliver to you tomorrow. But it was all a sting operation by the police to kind of make sure that they were going to be there and that we got them, you know, signing over and accepting the delivery. So other than that, um, wow. I know I kind of mentioned to you guys, this is more just to, if you just allow me this one, just to clear my kind of our name here, really. I know I mentioned to you guys earlier. We recently uh, imported Mo, Sir Mo Farah into the UK um, and we delivered to his residence. Uh, and whilst we were doing that, the first container all, all went very well. The crew were there. I was due to go in QC at that day, but unfortunately, and I'm kicking myself now, I kind of heard I was dealing with Tanya, his wife, and I heard that Mo was away training, and I thought, well. But I was also very busy, so I didn't go. My luck, Mo did turn up. He gave the crew a, a signed training shoe each as a tip, so that was a pretty cool tip. 
We then had the overflow shipment, which arrived and something fairly expensive, which was crated, you know, immediately straight onto our van, delivered to residents, was damaged. So that's just, uh, I'm now watching, I'm, I'm, I'm a celeb and I'm just praying that he mentions nothing about the movers. And <laughs> I'd just like to get that out there now on this platform that that was received as like that from Origin, okay? So that wasn't in our care. <laughs> Brilliant. Kieran, do you have any funny moving story? I think it's all the little things that happen every day, which is what, which is just hilarious, which make it brilliant, make, make removals great. But uh, funny story, um, I'll, have to, I'll have to be careful with this one. Whenever other companies wanted part to hire, that I was always sent, I think they just wanted to get rid of me, to be honest. Um, but there was one company, they had like, I don't know if it was a contract for like, uh, it would move executive, like, do like executive moves for like a large bank. And they'd go up and down the country from here and um there was this uh, so one day we're packing and loading beautiful house bar swimming pool full-size snooker table on the top floor and I, i'd worked with this company quite a lot and um, knew the owner and he, and he would encourage female packers sometimes he'd even have his own mum helping out and on this particular day some customers away driver or foreman if you like his his wife's helping she's doing the packing and um We'd not we'd not seen him for ages. Um, I think I think I must have been probably right. I'd have been on the tea order. So I've gone I've gone to try find him. I see what he wants. So I'm uh, I'm walking up to the top floor and um, and I put my my head through and there he is, um, the foreman driver with his wife. Um, I'll go with uh, there he is making love uh, to his wife on a full size uh, snooker table. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> I had to choose. Uh, I had to choose what I said there very carefully. But yeah, I just, I just ran down. I just ran down and t- told everyone. It's mental. Oh dear, dear me! <laughs> too funny. Too funny. Whenever you yeah, get the opportunity um, again, eh? I don't know what was going through the minds, but yeah, yeah. Saw the opportunity and they seized it. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I'm sure you must have one as you've been out on the vans. I do. There was quite a few, but I'm sure people can probably relate to this one. We did a move many, many years ago from the Cotswolds to Italy. Big, big move. A couple of couple of large pantechnicans went to, to Italy and we had a large statue that we had to move. Now, we looked at it for a couple of days whilst we were packing and loading and we all kept coming up with different ideas as to how we were going to do this statue. And we left it right till the end because we couldn't agree on how we were going to do it. We all had lots of different ways and, you know, each each one would have probably have done it. But so in the end, what we decided to do is we, we led this bronze statue of a lady that had been outside so it had been weathered for you know quite a bit we led her across two sets of piano wheels and we thought perfect that's how we're going to do it this is how we're going to get it out of this gravel garden and we're going to take it to Italy this way we get it to the van we stand her up in the well and we tie her off and we think perfect she's not going anywhere and we just happened to spot that she has a black mark on her thigh. And we're all looking at each other and we're saying, did anyone see that before we let her down on the piano wheels? No, no. So we're thinking, oh, no, like the piano wheels have rubbed her thigh and left her with a mark. And we were told this thing was really expensive, you know. And you might argue that lying her down across piano wheels was probably, you know, was it the best idea? But it was one of those things that we thought the more we play with it, the more we're going to damage it by, you know, it's, it's like when you put a guilt, you know, when you ask people, how are you going to deal with a guilt mirror or something? Well, we're going to wrap it and we're going to do this. And you think, no, you're just going to screw it to the back of the crate is the best thing. <laughs> so we took that approach with the bronze statue. So we think, right, OK, we think we might have rubbed it with the piano wheels. Well, let's blanket her up and we need to get going because completion day is today. So what we do is we're loading on a Friday and we're not leaving for Italy until the Monday morning. So on the Saturday morning, two of us come in, we grab the five door and we take it to a man 
that we know has repaired statues and metal for us before. And we say to him, we think we've done this. What can you do with it? And he says, well, I can do this and I can do that. So it's going to be 180 quid. And we said, all right, fine. So, so he, we said, can you do it at the yard? Because we need, we, you know, we can't leave you the truck and the content. Can you come to the yard with us and do it? So he says, yeah, yeah, I can come to the yard. So he comes to our yard and he removes the black mark. And we decide that we're going to pay him the 180 quid ourselves because we don't want to tell anyone we think we've rubbed this really expensive statue. And he got the mark. The mark was gone. No one was going to know about it. It was just going to cost us 180 quid. So we thought, fine, you know, it's a couple of nights of night out money between us. We just write that off and we pay the 180 quid and we get the statue repaired. A week later, we arrive in Italy to this lovely, lovely house. And the bronze statue, we're shown where it's going. It's going right in the middle of the in and out drive, looking at the house. And we think, OK, fine, well, we've got rid of the black mark. That's not a problem. Like, we put it there. We put it up on its base. And by the time this thing was on its base, it probably was 14 foot high. And uh, the customer comes out and we said, oh, is that about right? Do we need to move it? And the chap said, oh, she looks good. She looks good there, doesn't she? And we said, yeah, it looks perfect, sir. Brilliant spot. And he's looking. You can see he's looking at something. You're thinking, what's he looking at? And I'm looking at the thigh thinking, no, you can't see anything. He said, she had a black mark on her thigh. And we kind of looked at him and he said, it's gone. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we said, so it was on there before. And he said, yeah, yeah, she's always had this like black mark, he said. He said, we had the gardeners in once and we think they clipped it with something. And he looked at us and he said, what? And we said, we'll be honest, we thought we did it. And he said, no, 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 it's been there years. And he said, how have you got it off? And we explained to him and he said that we paid for it and we thought we damaged it and we were very sorry and we just wanted to put it right. And he gave us the 180 quid back. And he said, well, I've been find, trying to find someone to get that fixed for, for ages. He said, I, I couldn't find anyone. He said, so I owe you 180 quid for sorting it out for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> All this panic, and I remember it was the most uncomfortable drive to Italy, thinking, oh, what have we done? Like, we've got it off, but we still feel bad that we've marked it. And is it really, you know, not noticeable and things like this? And, yeah, we get there to find out it wasn't even us. But he was over the moon. So I, I think that's one of the funniest things I remember is thinking we damaged it and we hadn't. And the chat find it quite funny that we'd gone to all this palaver over the weekend trying to get this man in the yard to fix it. And, you know, he said, God, just imagine if you just pointed it out to me. He said, I would have told you what the problem was. But that that was probably the one of the funnier ones I, I've got. Yeah. Oh, brilliant story. Absolutely brilliant story, Dan. <laughs> very, very good. Well, guys, I appreciate your time today. And I would like to thank each and every one of you personally. So Michael, Mairead, Tommy, Alexandra, Calvin, Kieran, Dan, the golden boy, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you, Colin. Thank you, Colin. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. Thank you for having us. Brilliant. Thank you, Colin. And, and thank you for, for having us on, on your podcast. We really do appreciate that. You're very welcome. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 11 of Moving Matters. If you did, then please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters, which they can listen along to on their podcast player of choice. And please, if you can, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. Many thanks to those that have. My thanks and appreciation go to the BAR Young Movers Group Council, consisting of Michael Dunbar of McGimpsey's, Mairead Almandras of Britannia Sinisteds, Tommy McNee of Guardian Moving and Storage, Alexandra Lane of Britannia Lanes, Calvin Tickner of the Eurogroup, Kieran Malarkey of George Pickerskills, and Daniel Braddock of GB Liners for giving up their time to record this episode. Thank you again, everyone. 
If you would like to know more about the BAR Young Movers Group, then you'll find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners, do reach out to me. Don't be shy now. I want your story told. So please complete the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Tweet me at movingmatterspc or email me, host at movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving.